Leaders Incorporated to do Bible memorization, but I think Alex and Jesse knows, and I think some of the teens, like they're, they're all doing their own thing in the boys' cabin, and we're sitting there, and numerous days, I think it started on Tuesday night, and it seemed like every day past that, we had like, I guess you want to call them serious conversations, where people would ask questions, or I would just randomly start giving relationship <laughs> advice, or, or whatever it may be, we would just kind of sit, and we would have like serious heart-to-heart conversations. And to be honest with you, that was my favorite time at camp. It used to always be the Bible memorization time, and that's a great time too. But really digging in with each other and understanding each other's hearts and, and truly talking about stuff, I think, is one of the best things. So I'm going to try to quickly go through this. I'm sorry if it's past 7 o'clock, but we'll see what happens. So uh, one thing, coming off camp... And I think I've been to Fort Bluff seven times, roughly, give or take. I'm not real sure. Coming out of Fort Bluff, people, if you, as, as you've heard, really encounter and experience God during this week. Like, it, it's awesome. You're disconnected from the world. They also turned off the Wi-Fi this week, so that was good. I don't know if y'all knew that. I can't connect the Wi-Fi. It's because it's off. Um, it's an awesome time. It's completely different than other times because you're really alone with God. But let me, I want to encourage all the teenagers first, and I'm also talking to every adult here also. Don't take what you learned this week and stop. So many times, I've seen this so many years, people come to camp, and they don't come back all year. Like, take what you've learned this week and continue on. Remain. Stay in it. Okay, so the word that I'm doing, I'm doing a word. It's five letters. It'll be okay. The word is abide, and abide means to remain. If you read the CSB version of John 15, it says remain in Christ. But John 15 in the New King James, or the King James says abide in Christ. So let me me tell you, as a Christian, okay, if you go to camp and you're coming off this spiritual high, and you go back to go back to the way of living after this week of camp, it's like winning the lottery and going back to a life of poverty. Okay, we've experienced the riches of his mercies, the love of God. We talked about it. I mean, Katie, really, we had, after a message one night, Katie Carter talked about how, um, you know, God could have started over, but he loves us. I think it was Tristan that was talking about how amazing it is, the fact that God does love us. Even though we're screw-ups and we mess up, God loves us. Beauty and ashes, I know he graves in the gardens in that small group time. And we were talking about the song, Graves in the Gardens. That one line in the song says, he makes beauty from ashes. Like, he takes somebody as screwed up as Jamie and, like, lets him lead a camp. Not lead a camp, but lead a group to camp. Like, he can do amazing things in your life. Even if you're a screw up, even if you're not worthy, he still loves you. But my point is, Why would we, as Christians, after winning the spiritual lottery, go back to a life of spiritual poverty? I heard about a group of uh, this this couple who won $500,000 on a lotto ticket, on a scratch-off, $500,000. Three years later, three years, my goodness, three years later, they're arrested with five counts of armed robberies. $500,000, three years later, arrested for armed robbery. It's the same difference when we as Christians, we've won the spiritual lottery and we go back to a life of spiritual 
poverty. Okay, listen, you can't live with one foot in the church and one foot in the world. So teenagers, camp is pretty easy to connect with God. I mean, sure, there's other stuff that goes on. There's people that run up and down the halls all night. I do have to threaten a group of four individuals at 12.15 in the morning. I do have to tell somebody at, after midnight on the, the last night, if you leave this room, I'll never bring you back. Those things happen, right? But it's easy at camp to connect because there's not as many distractions, right? Now that you're back in the real world, there's lots of distractions. Your phones work again. And like, maybe you've, we've been back from camp for what, two days? I don't know. Two days? My mind is still blurred from the week of camp. Don't come back this week of camp and have made a decision at camp and say, I want to get closer to God. And then you get back from camp and you decide, ah, that stuff's behind me, right? Don't stop. Continue, okay? Don't let those verses you memorized, don't let the things you've talked about depart from your heart. Think about them. Dwell on them. Like, read the story. Like, you memorized the verse? Good. Keep going. Understand what it's there for. Understand what it means. It's important to keep going. Okay, so I'm going to try to do this real quick. John 15, if you want to turn there, you can. John 15, I don't have it on the screen. John 15, verse 1, I am the true vine, this is Jesus speaking, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is weathered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. I'm almost done. Verse 9, as the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Do you see how many times I said the word abide there? It was a lot. I didn't count, but it was a lot. Abide. So the first word is new. Hey, I didn't know what that word meant. I'm, I'm thinking a new, and then I realized a new is a word. Anyways, you don't care. A new means in a different way, particularly positive. So when you're a Christian, you have a new life. <laughs> See, I did that both ways. Okay, your life is a new. Okay, you're not the old you. It was Samuel. Samuel said something so profound, and I don't know if he knows he said something so profound. He said it at camp, and then he shared it again up here. We were, we were in the message, and Matt Moore was our speaker, but there was a guy that was our camp director. He was in charge of the games. He had the megaphone there speaking at the little obstacle course, which the blue team won, by the way. That was us. Yeah, sorry. Anyways, we turned a lot of Tennessee fans into Kentucky fans this week. One lady got mad at me and said, no, go dogs. She's from Georgia. Anyways, sorry. What was I talking about? <laughs> um, in that little group, Chase came up at the end of a service, and he was speaking and said, as a Christian, there should be an old you and a new you. Right? There should be an old you and a new you. 
And what's funny, Samuel in our little group afterwards said, I wonder if we don't share about our old life versus our new life because there's no difference. That's deep. As a Christian, First or uh, Second Corinthians 5, 16 and 17 says, you're a new creation in Christ. There's an old you, now there should be a new you. So you guys coming back from camp, don't continue in your old way of life. Don't come back to the same junk you used to do. Don't look at the same stuff you lo- used to look at on your phone. Don't listen to the same music. Y'all have heard me say it all week, garbage in, garbage out, and I'll probably get back to that point in a minute, just know that. Okay, next, bear. No, I don't mean the thing running loose in Rainbow Ridge subdivision. Hey, look, uh, look on Facebook. My grandma, my great-grandma's probably feeding it. She don't know any better. Actually, she's been claiming there's a bear for years. Anyways, stop it. Bear in this scenario means produce. So it says, if you abide in me, you're going to bear much fruit. That means produce fruit. It means it's going to be seen by others. Other people are going to be able to see your fruit. And it talked about in the verse pruning. I don't know if you know what pruning is. Pruning is like trimming. It's like getting rid of the stuff on the vine that don't need to be there. So sometimes God in your life is going to remove some of the things that don't need to be there. And it's probably not always going to be the most fun thing in the world. And listen, when you produce fruit, your fruit may look different than my fruit. Maybe more, maybe less. But regardless, if you abide in Christ, if you're in him, it's going to be shown. It's going to be seen. You know, one main point from this week, somebody said it. God has the final authority. It's not, it's not what James says. It's not what somebody else says. What God says is the final authority on any matter. If you don't agree with it, sorry. Right? Like, it's God's word that's the final authority. He also says in this verse, and I'm going to try to not get carried away here. He also says in the verse that non-bearing branches that don't bear fruit are going to be thrown in the fire. You know what fire he's talking about. Next word, let's move on. I stands for I. I couldn't think of anything. Give me a break. So abiding in Christ is a mutual relationship. It's not a one-way street. It's not just about what God can do for you. So many times we go to camp and we get on these spiritual highs and it's all about what God can do for you. That's not how that works. James 4 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It also starts out by saying, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Like this week, I promise you, you just came back from camp and I told multiple people this when we were having our serious conversations. God, the devil is going to come after you. Like when you really are doing the things that you know you should be, the devil's going to come after you. He doesn't want you doing those things. He doesn't want you following him. He doesn't want you to remain in Christ. And like Casey talked about, he uses the same tactic he's always used. It's the only tool he's got. Lying, deception, trickery. The problem is, sometimes we get so caught up in ourselves. And it's this idea of garbage in, garbage out. So I don't really want to tell you this story, but I'll tell you anyways. Okay, Lonnie and Derek will love this story. So when I was little, like fifth grade, um, 
I used to love WWF. That's the World Wrestling Foundation that's now WWE, okay? I didn't know any better. Give me a break. Okay, so I used to love Stone Cold Steve Austin, who's probably the worst possible one on the whole wrestling people, whatever. Anyways, I used to love watching it. So one time I was watching it, and he had just got done whooping somebody's butt. And after he was done, he said some things to them. So then it went on a commercial. So I'm sitting in the floor. My mom and dad are sitting on the couch behind me. There's no little brother, no little sister at this time. Sitting in the floor, and it goes on a commercial. And during the commercials, I like to practice my wrestling moves. And I do a Stone Cold Stunner or two on like a pillow or something. Anyways, so I stood up, and after I Stone Cold Stunnered a pillow, I turned around, and I repeated something I heard Stone Cold Steve Austin say. It was a bad word. I didn't know it was a bad word, okay? I didn't just willingly say a bad word. And my mom's like, don't say that. I'm like, say what? What are you doing? What? I didn't know any better. I was taking in all this stuff from the TV on wrestling. I even did wrestling moves on my friend on the trampoline. That is true. I used to invite people over just to try to... Anyways... um, but the problem is, I'm, whatever I'm taking in, I was taking in wrestling all the time. So I thought everything I was seeing was okay. So taking all that in, eventually it started coming out. That's why I tell these teenagers all the time, like, you've got to be careful of the things you listen to and the things you watch. Like, I know the things, I don't have TikTok, but I know these TikTokers, if that's what they're called, like, I know everything you see on there is not good. Like, I know that there's a TikToker right now that just goes into grocery stores and destroys them. Why is that a thing? However, if you're watching that junk all the time, you start thinking that kind of stuff's okay. You're like, well, that guy does it. Like, why can't I do it? If garbage is going into your mind, garbage is coming out of your mind. If you start listening to songs that talk about things you shouldn't be listening to, eventually you're going to start thinking those kind of things are okay. What's the big deal? I have kids all the time in school that end up saying cuss words in class. And I'm like, you can't say that. And they're like, that's all I ever hear at my house. Like if garbage is going in, garbage is going to come out. And if you want to look this up later, you can look into Mark 7, 23, where Jesus is talking about, it's not what goes into a person that defiles them, but what comes out. I mean, he's talking about food. If you keep reading down through the verses and get to verse 23, it actually talks about all these things in our heart, like malice and envy and all this stuff, come from the heart. Where's the heart located? Inside. It ain't the things that go in your stomach that really defile you, even though my stomach would disagree with me after getting back from camp, just saying. Um, sorry, I shouldn't have told you that. Or I told Carrie I was going to do this, but she didn't know what I was going to do. Or like when you see a cat walking across the kitchen counter... In the, in the cafeteria, and then the next day we have some mystery meat. I'm not saying it was a cat. It tasted good. My point is garbage in, garbage out. Next, I'm almost done. Decisions. Listen, abiding in Christ, remaining in Christ is a decision that you make on a daily basis. It's not like you go to camp and you decide, I'm going to follow Jesus. It kind of said like Mickey Mouse, right? Like, I'm going to follow Jesus. And then you get back home and you're like, well, I said I was going to follow Jesus. Like, I'm good. 
It's a decision you make on a daily basis. Like Jesus says, daily you're supposed to pick up your cross and follow him. That means deny yourself and follow after him. You know, every morning you wake up, you decide who you're going to serve today. Is it yourself? Is it Jesus? Is it something else? Every day we have a choice. And for the sake of time, I'm just going to stop there. Last example. There's an example in the story here. He tells us in verse 10, If you keep my command commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Listen, abide, remain in his love. If you love Jesus, if you're going to continue in him, you have to do what he says. That requires obedience. But listen, you can't do something, you can't obey something you don't know. You have to be in God's word. It's not just one time a year at camp. It's not just some Sundays. It's not just when the person speaking tells you to turn to a specific passage. What if the person speaking quotes something out of context? You have to know the Bible yourself. You have to be in it, studying it, reading it. God loves us. What an amazing truth. Knowing the Bible helps you know your purpose in life. The whole week was about purpose. Knowing your purpose, you were made on purpose and for a purpose. And so many people talked about this week the fact, I thought that I was a mistake. I didn't know what my purpose was. The speaker this week was a guy named Matt, and uh, he brought this little DeWalt tool bag And he pulled out tool after tool, and he had people trying to guess what tool it was, and that was kind of fun. But then he used it as an analogy of all those tools have the same purpose. They're for fixing things, right? But they each have a different function. It's like Christians. We all have the same purpose, glorify and honor God, tell others about Christ, but we have different functions. It may not be in the same way, right? The more we know God, the more we know his will for our lives. The more we can, the more he can work through us. It ain't just when he talks to us. It ain't just when we go to a church camp and something's said. It's when we allow God to work through us. So, again, I just want to say that we thank everybody that uh, supported us in every way to let us go to camp. If you couldn't tell, it makes a major impact on our churches our, on our kids, on our teen ministry, uh, other, church, other, <laughs> other students in the area where we were were running up and down halls, slamming doors, other than the exception of maybe one. Our kids didn't really do that. Right? Um, so we, we really love y'all and appreciate y'all. Uh, I'm proud of each and every one of y'all. Almost every single one of them that showed up tonight spoke. That's awesome. Can we talk about not being ashamed of the gospel? Like, that's not being ashamed of the gospel. So I'm proud of each, of each and every one of you. Don't let it stop here. I know it was hard standing up here and using this microphone and speaking. I know. I'm doing it right now. I know. Looking out and seeing people's faces. Their eyes may be closed. Like, I, I, get, I get standing up here and being like, oh, my goodness. I understand that. 
You can do it up here, and you can do it to other people you meet. Going back to the letter D, every one of us have a decision to make every day. Every person we meet, are we going to tell them about Jesus, or are we going to be too scared? I'm thankful somebody told you about Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, again, I just want to thank you for this week at camp, for what you did for us this week, uh, the church allowing us to go. I, I just pray that in each and every heart, God, whether it be adults or teenagers alike, that you would uh, help us to just abide in you, to, to remain in the things of you, to not, to not just hear words or, or hear a passage or memorize it and stop, but to keep going, to just remain in you. But the only way we can do that is just be in your word, know your will, and understand we're supposed to apply to our lives. Head knowledge does us no good without action. We need to actively pursue you on a daily basis. Whatever we run after in our lives, we'll catch eventually. So help us to draw, draw near to you, to resist the devil. I pray for each and every teenager, especially here tonight, Lord, that as they continue uh, going forward from camp, that they would just take some skills they learned this week and they would apply it to their lives and they would understand who you are and that they would seek after you first above all else in their life, Lord. We thank you for loving sinners like me and that when I screw up, you don't just start over, but instead you pursue and want that relationship with me. God, I love you and I really thank you for everything you do in my life that I can never earn.